Waverly Knobs Entertainment presents the Branch Out Podcast with your hosts Evan Charles Anderson and Tatiana Ivan. We discuss all the exciting facets of digital media and marketing for businesses and professionals. Our goal is to empower you so you can increase your knowledge, engagement, and brand identity. Let's get ready to branch out. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Branch Out. I'm Tatiana and I have Evan with me here in the studio today. We are going to talk to you today about Facebook ads and more specifically, what kind of media to use with your Facebook ads. We get a lot of questions from people who are branching out (laughs) into this new realm of advertising, this online platform. And there's, of course, a myriad of options to choose from when you're creating your Facebook ads. So we want to focus specifically on the media portion. Do you use a photo, video, both? Do you alternate between the two? When is it a good idea to use photos versus videos and so on and so forth? I don't know. And most of the time, people that I've spoken with have said, oh, well, you know, you should go with a video, right? And especially with us as we do video and we love doing video and telling story through video, honestly, it's not always the best route to go. With video, you wanna use video when it comes to Facebook ads if you're looking for impressions. It's kind of interesting because with video, you can get a lot of engagement. It actually receives the most engagement over any other type of posting, whether photo or just purely text. That's if the video loads on my slow mobile phone. Wi-Fi? Yeah. Do you have Wi-Fi password? Yes, yeah. Do you have Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi! 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 Well, that's the other thing. With 90% of people accessing Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms through a mobile device, You actually have to think about their data restrictions, location, you know, are they in a 4G LTE or eventually as we move along through IoT into 5G, are they going to have access to that or are they going to be dropped down to 3G, 2G or no G? It's the what become what is becoming now the age old question of accessibility. How many people can actually see that video ad that you're putting out? You can't see me. Now, even though video does get the most engagement over any other type of media collateral that you could put out there into an ad, the thing is, is that people just watch it. That doesn't drive them to want to click anything. And a lot of times people don't even realize that there might be a link there that you can click. They just kind of ignore it, watch the video and then move on. And what's interesting about that is, you know, with Facebook, they automatically start the video, right? Which is on purpose. It's to garner engagement so that way there are more plays for videos than not. Otherwise, people just keep scrolling through looking at the thumbnails of the videos going, does this engage me? Is this eye-catching enough? Does this have to do with me? No, then I'm just going to keep going. But if we start seeing movement, we start hearing sound, it's going to grab our attention right away. It doesn't matter what the thumbnail is or the subject matter or anything, at least for the first five seconds. After that first five seconds, you're on your own. But during that five seconds, that's where, again, you can engross them. You can hopefully keep them there to keep watching. But it doesn't mean they're going to click. You could even have a call to action or CTA at the very end of that video saying, click this ad for more information. But again, you're running into also a problem of you're pointing out it's an ad. And overall, you want to get them so excited and emotionally invested that by saying what they're looking at is an ad, it does pull them out of it. And it does make them feel like they're being sold to. 
So it depends on your words and phrasing as well. But even then, a lot of times they're like, oh, that's a funny video or that was interesting or had good information. And then they keep scrolling. And that's one of the tough things for things like Facebook or Instagram, where you have this infinite scroll for your newsfeed. And so as an advertiser, you're competing with that because even if your video starts playing, they might just skip over it quick enough because they're scrolling through so quickly that you don't get seen either. And, and that's really nothing that you can do about it. I mean, there's nothing you can combat that with. Now for a video, I know that if I don't have headphones on or let's say I'm at work or somewhere on a commuting so you can't really hear the audio even if you wanted to, is there an option with Facebook ads to allow you to put captions on the video? Well, with Facebook, they do include a captions option. Uh, if it's a certain length, I believe smaller than 30 seconds, for sure smaller than a minute, if I remember right, uh, they will do the transcription for you, send it over, and you can check it out. Or you can also do what YouTube has and has had, which is you can watch it, and then you can make sure at certain points that the the kind of weak transcription that they pull from it instantly is correct, or you can go in and edit it as you go through line by line or a couple of seconds by couple of seconds. But otherwise, your other option actually is depending on your editor, such as like Adobe Premiere, you can do what's called a burn-in of the subtitles. You can burn them in to the actual video. So that way now the subtitles are permanent or the captions are permanent. And this way, no matter what platform you put that video on, people can see and read it. And honestly, that's one that's been one of the biggest problems with videos too, is that people are either at work and they don't want to admit that they're on Facebook, or for example, they don't have headphones and they're in a noisy area and they're not gonna hear it anyway, or they don't wanna be the loudest person in the room. So then they just kind of watch it, but it doesn't engage them because they don't know what's about really. They don't know what's being said, how it's being said. All we really get is the emotions of the face if we even get a face in it. If it's an animation, forget about it. If it's just landscape or a product, we don't get that emotional connection. It sounds like video is definitely a lot more work than uh, just putting up a photograph. What are the different benefits, would you say, to using video instead of a, of a photo then? Well, so for video, what you really need to look at is, do I need brand awareness? Do I need people to understand who I am and at least get to know my name? Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. Because if that's the case, video is a great way to go to build up impressions for that. Build up notoriety, build up name recognition, kind of a, a brand leadership or thought leadership to it. And also, video impressions can be super cheap. Uh, of course, this is dependent on country, but for instance, in the U.S., you can get video impressions for as low as basically a penny. Uh, in other countries, it's basically point zero 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 one of a dollar. I'm talking about places like Bangalore or Mumbai or other countries, again, like those in those specific areas. Or, for instance, like the United Arab Emirates and other locations around the Middle East. Uh, so it just depends on the country you're trying to aim for. But typically, video impressions are usually very, very inexpensive in comparison to click to link. So meaning that you have these links to click to drive them to either your website or your Facebook page. Also, impressions, it's a little bit more passive, whereas ideally you're not getting you're not getting any kind of return on investment per se. You are at least not from a financial standpoint. 
Whereas typically if you're clicking on a link, that's driving them to hopefully to your website, ideally in this sense, and you're making money because ideally they're going to purchase something from your website or become a potential uh, prospect in the future. And it's just, it's a little bit easier and they put a little bit more weight on a click to a website or click to a page with more information than just to a video. And you know, with photos, I would say again, don't do impressions, but make sure with the photos that they're eye-catching. So don't do impressions, go for cost per click and do something that's engaging. It still sticks with your brand, but it's something that if someone is especially scrolling through very quickly on their app, that it makes them wanna stop. It makes them wanna look at it and ideally wanna click. And hopefully your copy is what's going to be the reinforcement or the framework around that image to really solidify the message behind that ad and get them to engage with it. I have to say that for all of the ads that I've seen, it has been image-based ads that I've that I have clicked on, and oftentimes I don't actually even look at the copy. I, I, I it, it's exactly what you said. I scroll through so quickly that I see something that catches my eye and I immediately click on it. Like I don't even think about it. It's like, oh, I'm in my Facebook app. I'm scrolling through. Click. Oh, I like this. Let, like, let's go through it. I don't even read it. It's it's fascinating, really. I don't know what that says about me psychologically, but I just click and I go to, to whatever it takes me. So that's fascinating. Well, I think we're used to speed and we're used to making a quick choice really based on look or on the visual in a way. And if we can throw some audio onto it too, hey, even better. And you know, what's interesting too is as kind of a, a case study, if you will, a mini podcast case study here. Whoa! Okay. Oh, <laughs> we were actually working with a client and uh, he, they're in education. They work with basically all different kinds of schools to help them with their after school programs. If they don't have the funding or the volunteers to help maintain a, a proper after school uh, program with all different kinds of, you know, whether it's additional art classes or languages or clubs or anything like that, they help run those. And we were running an ad for them. And the focus of it was really to point out the a blog article they did based on burnout and PTA fundraising and how, you know, all these volunteers, all these parents have a million different things going on in their life between themselves, their significant other, their kid or kids, you know, on top of everything that the child has to do between projects and homework and soccer practice or what have you, there's a lot going on. And so what we did was we wanted to make sure we did a CPC or cost per click and we got them to drive themselves over to our blog. And so the first time we ran it, we did it with a person because I- In the image. In, in the image, right. And because psychologically speaking, we're typically drawn first off over anything else to the human face because it's something that is uh, recognizable, something that we can easily relate to over anything else. And we tried a person, they were stressed out or whatever. And, you know, it was just to try to represent that burnout that parents can face. And it did okay, but I knew it could do better. So I wanted to experiment a little bit more because after a while it started to also slow down. And with ads, again, if you're doing them over a, a fair amount of time, say a couple weeks or a month or several months, you wanna make sure that you constantly are experimenting. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, a little bit later. But you know, with this, we wanted to change up the image. We wanted to keep the copy, felt the copy was strong, but maybe let's play around with the image. 
So I decided to do a little bit of an experiment. I pulled another image. This one was of a steering wheel with all these different post-it notes on it. So it was like, oh, soccer practice and make dinner and pick up the kids and doctor's appointment. So it was a POV shot of that stressed parent. Like, what are they looking at? And that is they're in their car and they see all these post-it notes that they've left for for themselves on the steering wheel. Exactly right. And we decide, well, hey, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Again, we're not seeing a human face. It, it's very intangible stuff. But the one big perk about it, besides it, besides the fact that it can be still relatable to a parent, all the different to-dos that they have and everything, but it was the fact that the image didn't look too stockish or too professional. It looked like someone went into their car, put literally just sticky notes on the driver's wheel, and they just took a photo, even maybe on their mobile phone. It wasn't incredibly oversaturated or super well lit. It was nice enough, I guess you could say. Uh, it was iPhone quality. <laughs> Whatever that is, you can throw it up on a billboard, I guess, nowadays. But with that, because I feel like it was a much more natural looking photo and it was still relatable, it actually boosted significantly the amount of clicks, the amount of reactions to it, too, which now Facebook has reactions instead of just likes. And so you have, you know, the smiley face, the heart and the sad face and mad face. Let me just tell you right now, all the different emojis they were all very positive. So that was always a plus. And we also got a, a fair amount of shares too. And I think some of it was that it just spoke to them. It was something different. It wasn't a stockish image of, you know, a family smiling or, you know, someone upset and that typical stereotypical even upset look. And it was something where they could have thought it was someone that they've known, you know, like it was someone that they knew that had posted a photo and that's what engaged them at first. And then when they read the copy, it really pulled their interest in because they're already semi-invested by it. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I, I think that, you know, from my experience, I have seen ads from a clothing company. They, they seem to target me on, on Facebook. I wonder why. And they had an image that I liked, so I clicked on it, of course. Saw their website and was like, oh, yeah, I can buy it sometime. You know, I'm not on my computer right now, so maybe I'll do it later. And I kept seeing that same ad over and over and over again. I saw the image. I knew what it was for, so I didn't click on it, right, every time I saw it after that first time. And then after a while... I saw another ad and it was similar to the other clothing company that I had seen. So I was intrigued because I didn't know, oh, is this another competitor? Is it, you know, something cool and different and new? And so I clicked on it and again, didn't read the copy. Could have uh, seen that it was from the same company had I read the copy, but I just clicked on the image and it took me to the same site, different place, different landing page, but it was the same site and wasn't upset by it or you know didn't feel like I was tricked to click again or anything like that I thought it was actually really interesting because they showed in that that second version of the ad with the, with a different photo they showed that they had different kinds of products that I hadn't actually come across their site to begin with so that was really interesting and that's what drew me in so I clicked again and you know I wound up actually purchasing something from their site so Definitely experiment with uh, with all of your media, whether it's a whether you are putting video or photo on there. Try something different. Try something new. You never know what's going to what's going to be viral, as it were. Well, and what's great with ads is you can do what's called an A/B test. So you can run multiple ads within the same campaign, and just either tweak the copy a little bit to maybe some different value points that you think 
a part of your target audience might gravitate more toward, you can also play around with a different image, like what we did with switching out the person and also throwing another ad now where it had the sticky notes on it. And then from there, you just wait, you let it run, you see how well it does. And then if there's ones that are underperforming, you just stop those, but you still have other ones constantly going on while that one has ended. And that's a great point that you bring up. You, you have to babysit your ad, right? You can't just turn it on at the beginning of the month and then not look at it for a month. You have to, you know, kind of come back uh, at least certainly every day right at the beginning and just see what is happening with your ad because then you can tweak and you don't have to sort of waste your advertising dollars by not taking care of something that might be problematic right at the very beginning. But you can also see, hey, if something is doing very well, you can maybe pause some of the other ads in your A-B testing and really push all of your advertising dollars onto the one that really works. Absolutely. I mean, why waste money for one? And for another, even if it seems to be doing fairly well, your your campaign, you know, why not have some different options there, especially for the media? Because if one can do even better, I mean, that's great. For instance, if I can get 35 cents per click, let's say hypothetically, but if I can get 20 cents per click, because there's another image that's just a lot stronger and really speaks to the audience. Now, mind you, there are a lot of other factors besides just the type of media you use. But again, just going straight off of what the audience sees right off the bat, it's good to play around with it. Why not? If you can get, like I said, that 20 cents per click or 24 cents per click, why not try to push it and just play around with it? You have the time. And it's absolutely right because it's not a hundred yard dash. It's not something where you just launch it and run and just let it end on itself and then you hope for the best. It is a marathon. You have to keep working at it. You have to keep checking it. And over time, again, you're going to start seeing some consistency and then you can start pulling back. And if you don't have the time to babysit it at all, you can hire your neighborhood friendly digital agency that can help do that for you as well because they know a lot of tips and tricks that maybe you hadn't even thought of that they've seen and that's kind of where their expertise comes in as well. Well, I have to say, too, that with the clients that we work with, for instance, I'm honestly really surprised at how many of them will tell me, hey, you know, you're the first company to actually tell me how my ads are doing and are actually watching them. They No way, really? Oh, yeah, seriously. A lot of them will tell me, oh, you know, typically we have someone else do it, but they don't tell us how well they did really or, or what the until really the end, what the kind of overall results were. But we don't get to see the progression over time. And it didn't seem like they had tried to change anything or were really watching over it. And that's scary. That's scary as a, as a client because ads are very unpredictable. And depending on how many people, for instance, if you have a target market of 20,000 people, over time, those 20,000 people are going to have at least seen it once, ideally, hopefully, right? So you're gonna get some people that have already engaged with it. You're gonna have other people where they've already seen it, they've gotten bored with it, they're tired of looking at it, it doesn't interest them. Why have that constantly be running at the same market? Because you're not doing anything new, right? And you're not gonna get any more clicks and eventually it's gonna slow down the amount of engagement and what's gonna happen? It's gonna boost up your cost per click and now your ads are gonna all of a sudden be more expensive. And that's why it's so important also to change your media because, again, you might get something where 
you know, it speaks to a small niche of your target market, but not the entirety. But if you switch it up and you change up that copy a little bit, you change up the images, as Tatiana was mentioning in her example, where, hey, you know, they didn't get me the first time, really, but they got me the second time when I noticed a different image. And so, again, you get those other people in the market that haven't engaged yet. And now, again, you're keeping your cost per click low and you're engaging more people and hopefully going to be making more money. So I have a, a business side note talking about that. And then also one last point that I want to make on this uh, this entire subject here. But first, my business side point, side note, is that, you know, it's sort of like when you go to a mechanic, right? Like, I don't know everything about what's going on in my car, nor do I really want to. But I do like to have some idea of what's happening or, you know, what's broken when I take it in and how do they intend on fixing it. And, you know, even if they spew a lot of techno babble at me, at least I can feel like they care enough to inform me. And I have to say that, you know, working with a business or if you're outsourcing some element of your um, of your own operations out to someone, it is really valuable to have that information, to have somebody sit with you or, or give you a quick email update or a quick call update on, hey, this is what's going on with your insert service here. You know, here's what's going on with your ads. Here's why they're doing well. Here's why they're not doing well. Here's what I would recommend, right? Because that's the whole point is that they're a partner that works with you, um, you know, not just for you and you aren't just some one-off gig. And, you know, like going back to the mechanic example, I have gone now to the same mechanic every year uh, or every time that I have a problem, certainly, but because he took the time to actually treat me like a person and explain to me what was happening, what was wrong, hear all my different options, hear what their cost is, and was just, you know, treated me like a human being. And that that was really great. And I also now just feel like I know a lot more about cars, even though I don't actually. But it, it helps build that business relationship. And then the last point that I wanted to touch on was that if you do go the photo route, for your Facebook ads, you can actually get free images from Shutterstock. They, they have a partnership now with Facebook ads, so you don't actually have to pay for any Shutterstock images, but you are able to browse their entire selection, I believe, and really choose something that speaks to whatever it is that you're trying to advertise. So that's a that's a really great thing because I know that, you know, you're trying to look for a good image and then eventually you give up and you try to take a photo of your own and it doesn't quite come out okay. So it's really nice that this partnership exists and it's it's free to you. Or as I like to say, it's included in the cost of advertising with Facebook. But just wanted to throw that out there for, for those of you who are thinking of doing Facebook ads with just photos but aren't really sure where to start. Facebook got you covered. And of course, if you're not a photographer or you're just not really content with some of the things that Shutterstock offers. We'll also have a couple links down below in the description that will take you to a couple other great websites where they have a ton of royalty-free imagery that you can play around with. Now, of course, with all of this information, it doesn't do you any good until you actually go out there and do it. So even if you just invest 20 bucks, put it out there, throw it onto Facebook ads and just try it. Get the actual experience from it and learn from that as well while integrating some of the things that we've taught you today. And let us know how that went. Again, go to facebook.com slash branch out podcast and comment on our page. Let us know the type of ad campaign you ran and how it went. What were the results? That way everyone can learn from one another and we can really create a strong community of amazing Facebook advertisers. Like Shia LaBeouf says, just do it! Do it!
Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! Except for with, uh, you know, less strain. You, you gotta be careful, you know, things start coming out at different ends. And I'm pretty sure he was straining in that video I saw of him. He gets, he gets into it. He's like, like hulking it, hulking it up. So keep that in mind when you're doing Facebook ads. Have that image of Shia LaBeouf just burned <laughs> in the back of your brain. Picture that. Be one with Shia. What would Shia and Facebook do? They would create an ad campaign and it will be amazing. So on that note of inspiration, thank you for listening once again to Branch Out, the digital media and marketing podcast. And we will see you next time. Just do it.